This is Off the Rock, On the Record, a podcast by Obsidian Public Relations. This season, five guests join us virtually to discuss all things adaptable planning. From communication professionals to business leaders, this team of experts has a lot to say about communicating and making changes along the way. Doesn't matter if you're a college student, a seasoned PR professional, or a business leader who's looking to step up their communication game, there is something that you can learn on this season of Off the Rock, On the Record. Thanks for joining us for episode three of Off the Rock, On the Record. We're recording virtually this season, and I'm joined by Addison Walker, and I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, I'm Addison Walker, and I'm on the team here at Obsidian. So today in this whole season, we're talking about adaptable planning. And what I mean by that is creating a roadmap that we can follow that gives us enough of an idea of where we're going without being so rigid that we can't adapt to circumstance. And one of the main reasons I find in PR planning, communication planning, that we have to adapt is because there comes a time where our message, either because of cultural circumstance or because of business circumstance, requires a message that carries a lot of empathy. Whenever businesses put out messages, we know that at the same time, we're trying to meet consumer needs while satisfying business objectives. Um, But when you're talking about empathy and delivering a message with heart, it's about so much more than just a targeted e-blast or a social media post. It's about tone and message, timing, delivery, and so much more. Um, So Addison, I wanted to open up by asking, you know, there's this constant pull between needing to relay information and wanting to impart tone. And it can be really challenging to do both in a way that doesn't feel like you're shortchanging one. So how do you strike the balance between getting important information to your consumers while also leaving the emotional punch that you want in your message? I think the the main problem there is that people always tend to take the side of getting the message out rather than striking the right tone. You know, if they have to sacrifice one, they're going to sacrifice the tone. Um, they're so caught up in the information they're trying to give to people that they don't really understand that the tone is just as important or, you know, maybe more important than the message itself. So, you know, no one wants to listen to a song if it has a bad singer singing it. So it's just not, tone is something that people need to focus more on because you, you seem to see a shift the other way most of the time. So in your mind, it's more important to, get the tone right and also deliver the message than to shortchange the tone just because you feel like you've got to get this out quickly. Yes. So a lot of language around empathy and when we're trying to get that tone right, it really starts to feel stale and overused, especially if you're responding to some sort of cultural landscape. So it's a little bit different if you're responding to a personal crisis, like a fire at your facility or some sort of disaster at your company. Um, but when it's a cultural element that your company is responding to, you find those words that get picked up and used over and over again. So how as a company and as, um, public relations practitioners, how do we guide people toward genuine empathy and a desire to listen in their communication without just leaning on those crutch words and phrases? I think just understanding first and foremost that you don't have to put out some blanket statement immediately just to capitalize on whatever's going on in the moment. Um, that listening is more important in, in you know in empathetic than maybe you know posting an Instagram that says what you're thinking, and um, 
you know, maybe it's listening to your customers, your employees, reaching out, um, not worrying so much about your public facing statement as you are as like the actual issues that are going on and how other people that work in close contact with you and your business feel about them. Um, you know, maybe if you do want to make sure that the public knows that you're thinking about what's going on or that you have thoughts, um, amplify another voice that maybe isn't as heard um, as often as you are, or maybe that's more qualified on the topic, you know, whether it's sharing their post or quoting them or sharing any other kind of resource, um, just acknowledging that other people know more about certain topics than you do. Um, so you're still drawing attention to the issue. Um, but it comes across more as that you're listening and willing to learn and wanting to help rather than just, here's what I think. And I think that makes a lot of sense. There's, there's a lot of public pressure for businesses to respond to certain movements, ideas, trends. And I think that so many of them are valid for businesses, but oftentimes instead of focusing on making meaningful change and then communicating about that change, companies get in, in the mindset that they have to put out a statement immediately rather than actually listening, taking accountability for where they may or may not have done things the right way, and then releasing a statement when the timing is appropriate and you can actually share actionable change. Yes, and not saying something doesn't draw as much attention to you as, as, the, as you might think, you know, whereas posting something that feels empty and there's nothing behind it, not doing anything else, that would draw more negative attention to you. I mean, as it should. And I think this leads really nicely into my next question. Sometimes we are asked to craft those statements in a response to something that's happened. And I'm going to take movements off the table and say, say there was some sort of like national tragedy um, and a client asked us to deliver some sort of statement or response. Um, but we really, you know, feel like in our hearts, this is not a place where this particular business needs to release a statement. How do you guide people toward an empathetic response when it's not really our place to determine where their business should stand on an issue? I think um, just drawing uh, their attention to it is a good place to start because, you know, if they want to release a message that is seemingly inappropriate for whatever's going on in the world, they might just not have thought about it. You know, you get so married to a plan sometimes and have things in mind about how things are supposed to be laid out and uh, rolled out. Um, if you just tell them, hey, actually, we think that it might be in poor taste to post something like this because most of the time people will say, oh, you know, I didn't think about that. And they'll be pretty receptive to that. And, you know, if there is still pushback and we still feel really strongly about it, you know, maybe have an honest conversation about some things you've seen um, in the market recently, you know, so maybe say, hey, we saw some, an organization similar to yours or um, in this area that did something similarly and they had a lot of pushback. So kind of, tell them that as somewhat of a cautionary tale or just somewhat of an example in that we're not just recommending this because it's what we think, but we've also seen it happen. And I think that's ultimately why people hire a PR firm is there are so many companies that jump out quickly and post something and they have the best of intentions, but they don't necessarily understand the entire picture and weight of their words. And so as PR professionals, I think it's our duty to have honest conversations with our clients and say, you know, I can't determine your business practices or your next steps from here, but what I can advise you on is how you talk about them and when you talk about them. So I agree completely. I think that that's really important. We haven't really talked about this yet, but one thing that can be really great or really cringe 
is the method of delivery for these statements. So you've got your traditional forms of communication in terms of written language. So social media content, a website blurb, an email newsletter distribution, and we've all seen those come out. But you sometimes have these other avenues that people take, releasing a podcast or posting a video or even going live. Um, so there are a lot of mixed opinions about whether businesses should engage these methods to deliver um, content. So in your opinion, does video messaging help or hinder an organization in relaying an empathetic message? Message. I think um, for the most part it hinders an empathetic message um, just because it's, it's so hit or miss with video. Um, video, when you think of cringy advertisements or cringy moments, cringy things that companies have done, usually most of them are videos, or at least the ones that come to my mind instantly. So I just think there's, there's way more room to um, make a mistake or just not to not being able to control how you come across very well. Um, especially mm -hmm. if there are people who, you know, aren't trained PSA actors and they're maybe just members of your organization. Of course, like you said earlier, they might have the best of intentions, but it just might not come across that way. Um, also, of course, with videos, they're usually scripted. So even something like a podcast might be better that's more conversational. Whereas when something's scripted, it seems kind of like they're saying, well, you know, someone told me that I needed to talk to you about this issue, even though I don't really care. So I'm just reading off a teleprompter. Um, so, and, and also I think, especially social media videos lately these days, a lot of them are gimmicky and silly. You know, I'm thinking of TikTok and the like. So um, it's harder to see a video and automatically think something very somber and serious. Um, so I just think s steering away from that in general is probably a good idea in terms of empathetic communication. And I think there's a big difference between a scripted CEO sitting in front of a camera and delivering a message and leveraging content to deliver a campaign that hits the mark. Um, and, and there are two examples that I was thinking of that really did this well. Um, one of them being Nike, and they've done several, but I think it was Play Like a Girl, that campaign, um, where they just showed what incredible shots of female athletes achieving and doing great things. They were able to deliver a message that hit an emotional mark without putting a spokesperson in front of the camera and asking them to read a statement about the importance of female athletics. Um, and also too, Google has done some really good advertisements. They do their end of the year advertisement where they include compilation videos from the year. Um, and they've even done more serious ones like they did for MLK Day this year, um, where they included some amazing images and historical footage of um, black driven movements in, in America. And it, it said so much, again, without putting a CEO in front of a camera. So you can, I think, impart a really strong message with video. But I feel like if you're just putting a person, a talking head in front of a screen, rarely does it hit the emotional mark that you're looking to hit. I think the overarching question that we really haven't answered um, and that we get asked not all the time, but I think we get asked relatively often is in a time of tension, crisis, societal transition, do you always need to put out a statement? 
No, absolutely not. And I think we've seen that more than most this year. How many emails did we get from like a restaurant we ate at once in 2009 that said, we're monitoring, monitoring COVID-19. And it's like, okay. Yeah. It's, it's just, it seems very disingenuous, especially when it gets to a certain point to where every single company that you come in contact with, organization, brand, person, anybody is posting something about it. It's just, it seems very disingenuous. And also it can get lost in the shuffle very easily when everyone else is doing it. Um, and also, of course, you have to be careful about um, posting something so quickly because you feel like you have to get something out there and not thinking about how it might reflect on you or your company or someone you're associated with's past, you know, maybe um, things that you've your organization has done in the past or associated with in the past doesn't line up necessarily with the message that you're conveying now. And so you almost get yourself into more hot water um, rather than just having not said anything at all. Also, if you don't usually post um, messages in the same, you know, about cultural or societal movements or certain issues, um, and you've never posted anything like that before for years and years, and then all of a sudden you have to say something, it, it seems a lot like you're capitalizing on an issue. And I think more than, more than ever, the time of the mass statement is dying. There are people who follow your company closely and want to hear from you, and those are people that you can connect with in a targeted way instead of just mass blasting a statement, like you said, you know, I haven't been to a Chili's since 2008, but I did get a message from Chili's letting me know that they were, you know, keeping my health at the, at the top of mind. And it just, it felt silly. Um, it goes back so, to like talking about listening rather than being, being so quick to jump out and create a statement, you know, target those people that, do follow your company all the time that you work with closely, reach out to them, let them know what you think about something or that you're monitoring the situation. Don't just send a mass email or a blank slate Instagram post with text over it. And this is not to let people get out of important cultural movements. I think that there, this is not saying that you don't need to have internal conversations about these issues. And this is not saying that you don't need to evaluate your practices in light of things that, that are moving in society. But what we are saying is if you're trying to release a statement because you either feel like it's the right thing to do or you feel like you're going to lose business if you don't say something along these lines, maybe evaluate your motives and come back to saying something when it comes from a place of genuine action and care. Yeah. Let saying something, making a public facing message, let that be step two. And step one is what you just said a minute ago, internally working. Because ultimately the biggest takeaway about communicating with empathy is if you don't have empathy, it doesn't come through in your communication. So if you're not at a place where you have empathy in your heart, it's not gonna, it's not gonna come through to customers. It's gonna feel phony. It's easier to spot than you'd think too. All right. Well, Addison, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Off the Rock on the Record. Uh, we're halfway through our virtual season. We've got two episodes left that I know you're going to really enjoy. So continue to listen and hope you'll hear us again soon on Off the Rock on the Record.